In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And your Heavenly Father, give you thanks and praise for the gift of your graces. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon us to conform our hearts and to transform our lives, to trust and to follow your most holy will for us. Amen. Yesterday was the Feast of St. Joseph. It's great. I don't know when the feast started, but I'm sure it's an ancient feast of, of this honoring this great saint, St. Joseph, who was the foster father of, of, of Jesus, the, the, the spouse of Mary. There's so much in his life and his example of, of holiness that we can preach on, how he was so quiet, how he was hardworking. Theoretically, he probably died surrounded around the Blessed Virgin Mary and of Jesus. Therefore, he can intercede for us and pray for us for a holy death. For when I die, I want to die surrounded around the prayers of Jesus and Mary. But for me, as I was praying with him, feast day yesterday, the gospels today, uh, just kind of the whole season of Lent, so we enter into the fourth, seasons of, season of fourth, fourth week of Lent, was just his, his ability to, to recognize and to be attentive to the will of God in his life. And then, this is important, to have the courage and the wherewithal to follow, to follow the will of God in his life. Because it can be very, a huge temptation for a lot of us to either not be attentive to God's will or, on the contrary, to not follow God's will for a variety of, variety of reasons. So in the gospel today, the Pharisees, they didn't want to even know Jesus. They came to Jesus to test him, to question his authority, not to seek the truth. Because if they were willing to seek the truth of who Jesus was, then they may have been converted. If they were willing to seek the truth of who John the Baptist was, then maybe they would have been converted. But whatever, pride, arrogance, self-righteousness, take your pick. They refused to even acknowledge Jesus. They refused to even be attentive to. Sorry, attentive and follow. Even to be attentive to who Jesus was, let alone their will, the will of God in their lives. On the contrary... Right after the, the, that example, that story, Jesus, Jesus jumps into a parable of these two sons. He asks one to do his will. He says yes, but doesn't do it. He asks the other to do his will. He says no, and repents, and does, does do it. As a desire from Jesus for us to not only be attentive and know his will, but to actually do his will. And I was praying with him. Imagine the first guy to said to himself, I want to, I know God's will, I know God's will in my life, but then he sees whatever God wants him to do, go work in the vineyard, as the example of the analogy of the parable. And it's just too arduous. It's just too difficult. It's too challenging. It'll require too much of me, so I'm not going to do it. Whereas the opposite, the first son probably knows it is going to be very difficult, or he's very stubborn with it. He knows what the will of the Father is. He knows what the will of God is. He doesn't want to do it because it will be too challenging. But as we enter into the season of Lent, he repents. There's a repentance. There's a desire to say, no, I want, I want to do God's will. So he repents, and then ultimately goes and does God's will. So I was praying with that, and praying with kind of the whole mentality of, of the church to do God's will. One time I was talking to, um, to a religious sister, to a nun, and I was asking, not a non Chaldean nun, and I was asking her why it's so challenging for young women to enter into religious life. Like, what's the challenge there? And we were discussing back and forth the reasons, you know, whatever, the world, the Kardashians, take your pick. But then she stopped and she's like, the biggest issue is a contraceptive mentality, right? That's what we entered into, the world today around us. And as Catholics, as Christians in the modern day, in the modern Western world, we are 
part of it. We listen to the world around us because we live in the world. So there's a contraceptive mentality. Meaning what? A few things. That what matters most in my life is me. And my children are mine. Both of them are fallacies. Both of them are false. Because what matters most in the world must be God. And your children are also God's. They're not yours. They belong to God. And Joseph recognized that. Joseph recognized how important it is. What matters most is God. Because if he would have mattered most in his life was him, he wouldn't have taken Mary into his home. He wouldn't have gone to Egypt. He wouldn't have gone to Nazareth and worked hard and protected Jesus and provided for Jesus and Mary. He wouldn't have done it. But what matters most in his life was God. And he knew, even more so, that Jesus wasn't his. He was God's child. Even more so for him because it was actually, physically, God's child. But he decided that he knew what was important. To protect and to provide for this child for now. And eventually, he'd go on, go on his way. And we hear it in St. Paul. St. Paul literally says it in Romans 8. He says, We cry, Abba, Father, in the Spirit himself, bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We are children of God. Once we understand that beauty for ourselves, it's incredible. And once you understand that beauty for who your children are, it's even more beautiful. Even in Joshua, the people of God couldn't attack and win their battle. Why? Because they took what belonged to God and they kept it for themselves. Presuming that your children are yours, they're not yours. They're God's children. And if you keep them for yourselves, we enter into a contraceptive mentality of life, which affects our souls, affects your families, affects consecrated life. It's a challenge. Think of it in layered ways. If Would you allow your child to join the convent, your, your daughter? Would you allow your son to be a monk? Would you allow your son to be a priest? It is a perpetual problem. We know it. When a young woman says, I'm considering becoming a nun, or a young man says, I'm considering becoming a, a, a priest, we are positive. Your parents are going to have a problem. Why? Because of the contraceptive mentality of life. My children are mine. Now, majority of people end up getting married. Correct? Now, there's a reason why we constantly make fun of mothers-in-law. They're complicated. But, why? Because their children are theirs. Instead of, I protect and provide for you for now, but you're God's. And then when you get married, go along, go to your spouse, and cling to your spouse, not to this family. You leave this family, you cling to your spouse, because what matters most in the world is God. Go one step deeper. If you know anybody or a family who has lost a child in death, in tragedy, in cancer, whatever it might be, a six-month-old, a six-year-old, a 16-year-old, the death of a child is probably the hardest thing a parent can fear and actually go through. And it happens. It's a real thing in life. And it's, it's tragic. It's super tragic. The death of a child. However, you'll never get over it. And it's very sensitive. I get that it's very sensitive. We never get over it, the death of a child. But we only find peace and death in general, especially of a child, when it comes to the recognition and the realization that child was never yours. It's 
always God's child. Another child, by the mercy of God, is with God. Is it sad? Absolutely. Is it a burden? 100%. Will you have that on your heart till the day you die? Absolutely. Will you find peace because that child is God's? Yes. If you recognize that truth. And it's, a, I promise you, it's a hard thing to do, but it's possible. So, but practically speaking, right, when we enter into this contraceptive mentality of life, what happens? It affects our lives because the world around us, I promise you, we don't live in a Christian world anymore. We don't. We just don't. And it affects how we live. It affects our own, our own lives. So the church stands alone preaching that contraceptives are immoral and we sound like we're crazy because the world around us is telling us that it is fine. So like, oh, Father Perry, you're a bunch of prudes. I'm like, let's, just, let's just hear this out. Because think of the extremes, right? Whether you're contracepting physically with, with condoms and pills and stuff or to the extreme of vasectomies and tying tubes, we get to this mentality, it gets to the next extreme of abortion. Because 99% of abortions, especially in our community, which is extremely prevalent, are contraceptive. I don't want to get pregnant because I'm too young, because I've just got married, because I already have two boys and I want a girl, because I have two girls and I want a boy, because my child might be deformed and might have mental problems, therefore I will choose abortion. It's an extreme of the contraceptive that we then end a life. That's the mentality. Or the opposite extreme. I demand a life. I demand from God a baby. Demand it. So we go sinful. In individual fertilization, IVF, which is very common. right? But we won't go the next step. There are thousands of children in the foster care program who need a home. Just like St. Joseph who took Jesus into his home, even though he wasn't his child, and loved that child, and to this day is honored as one of the greatest saints of all human history, because he took a child that wasn't his into his home. We won't do it, as a community, because of the contraceptive mentality. It's part of the mentality. How many thousands of kids are in the foster care program that need a home? Maybe they're black, but we're too racist to accept a black child into our homes. But that child needs love and a home. And that's it. And we follow Jesus. We should provide it. We should be better. But the problem is, the challenge is, we've been affected by the contraceptive mentality of life. And I always preach it, the importance of having big families and, and huge homes, big families and lots of children. And there's, a lot, there's always pushback on it because of this mentality of life. There's always pushback on it. And I stand there, I'm always like, you know what's really important in my life? The fact that I exist. I get to taste chocolate. I get to taste raspberries. I get to experience joy. I get to experience sadness and sorrow and physical pain. More importantly, I get the means by which to have salvation and live eternity with God. I wouldn't exist if my parents didn't bring me into existence. We're not talking about tuition and shoes and a headache and a problem and sleepless nights. We're talking about human life. And St. Joseph knew that. He knew that what mattered most in this life was God and others. But the mentality, you've been programmed by the contraceptive world to think that what matters most is you. What matters most is your career. What matters most is your lifestyle. Maybe God is asking you to sacrifice. Look at St. Joseph. He had to go to Egypt. He had to go work hard for a child that wasn't his. He was happy to do it. Because what matters most is the other. Now, Am I preaching unbearably countercultural? Yes. Do you hate me for it? 
I hope not. Do I love you and want your salvation and want to preach against the sinful world? Yes. In fact, I am bound by the grace of God to show you God's love, to show you the ways of the world and how they're not the ways of God. Look to Jesus. Where is God asking you to be more sacrificial? Like Jesus, like the Blessed Virgin Mary, to bear a child, to bear more children. Or, like we celebrated yesterday, like the great Saint Joseph, who was willing to sacrifice all, who was willing to take the burdens of all against the contraceptive mentality, in fact, a mentality of life. Because what matters most in my life is God. Your children are God's. Be generous and open to the will of God. Amen.